Pastor David Kufal, and I am so glad that you joined us this morning. Um, that's just a little in-house thing, um, and so um, praise the Lord. We're glad you're here. We are located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapaton, North Dakota. Um, just needed to tell you that um, this, this week we have a schedule change for our Facebook Live service on Thursday night. Uh, we are changing time when we come to you. We are not, and day um, starting this week. We will be coming to you on Wednesday, Wednesday at six o'clock, and so um, that will coincide to exactly when we start. And so Wednesday at six o'clock, we would love to have you join us for the study in God's Word, New Life Study in God's Word. We're in the Book of Revelation. We would love to have you come and sit down with us around the tables um, but we also enjoy having you come virtually and be with us every week I just know that our friends in Canada it would be a long commute for them to come in on Wednesday um, and then this Wednesday um, at 6:30 starts Awana so we have um, the study in God's word at um, 6 Awana starts at 6:30. Um, there is a change to Awana. We will be ending at 7.30 so kids can get home and get to bed a little earlier than keeping them out until 8. And so uh, we will be here from 6 o'clock to um, 7.30 on Wednesday. So we would love to have you join us, especially bring your kids to Awana. I just saw that the other church that does Awana in our community, they haven't even started yet and we've been going um, for weeks now. And we've been having a lot of fun with the kids. So, um, praise the Lord. Anyway, we are in our series, Jesus Said. We are in our series, Jesus Said. And uh, this week's message is entitled, Jesus Said, You Have to Forgive. That means you have to to forgive. This is one of the hardest things that people have to learn to do. Then Peter came to him, Matthew 18, 21 says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that you did not make your words that you spoke hard for us to understand. You spoke them pretty plain, and you kept it pretty simple. And Lord, because of the generation we live in now, we try to overcomplicate everything. But Lord, you have said to us these things. And Lord, today you say to us we need to forgive. Lord, the sad thing is the United States used to be the most forgiving people. But Lord, now we have a culture that says cancel you if you've done anything wrong. We're not quick to forgive. 
but we rather cancel. Now, that's not everybody, Lord. We know that. That is just a small group, but they have such a large voice today. They control social media. They control um, the media itself. And it's such a shame because, Lord, we used to be able to laugh at ourselves. And, Lord, it used to be that we could overcome our difficulties because we understood that human beings fail. And, Lord, that everybody deserves a second chance. So, Lord, I pray that this message would be real in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be able to forgive others when they wrong us. Help us not to respond so swiftly on social media, but, Lord, help us to share your love with others. And we praise you and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, the name above all names, and we thank you, Lord, for our salvation because, Jesus, you came, you died for us, and you rose again. We glorify you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Peter asked a very good question. How many times do I have to forgive? I, I, I think of the time back uh, when I was young and uh, Johnny Carson was king of late night. Boy, oh boy, you really didn't want to get in trouble back when Johnny Carson was the king of the late night. I mean, if you, if you had to really do something pretty bad for Johnny to um, get on your case. But you knew that you better get things right because Johnny was making fun of you on late night TV. But you know what? He was never cruel about it. He was never cruel about it. He would make a joke about President Nixon or Jimmy Carter or even Ronald Reagan. But he was never cruel about it. He could sit down with all three men and get along with them and have a good time. Today, it seems like if anybody makes a mistake, we just cancel them right away. It's almost like we have forgotten Jesus' words. How many times are we supposed to forgive? But here's the reality. We should forgive. Because why? How often has God forgiven us? How many times does God forgive us by His grace? Um, I, I know nobody here is perfect. I know everybody's been having some difficulty in their life. I know that not everybody here is always happy. And I know that people have challenges. So how many times has God had to forgive us just in the last week? If God can forgive us, and we're so glad that God can forgive us, shouldn't we forgive others? Jesus' parable in Matthew 18 is a result of Simon Peter's asking, how many times a day must I forgive my brother? And he thought seven times was good enough. The truth is, it is virtually impossible to, impossible to make it through a single day without someone offending you. Right? I mean, our, those who haven't got, ever gone on social media, uh, you're pretty blessed. But for the rest of us who go on social media daily, it's easy to get offended. But like I told you before, we need to be like Dora. We, can, we, must keep, 
we just need to keep on scrolling, keep on scrolling. You know, you don't have to respond to everything that's put on Twitter. You don't have to respond to everything that's on um, your Facebook account. You can just keep on going. My word, there's some things you guys put out there that I laugh at, but I don't dare because of who I am. Respond to it. Especially Corey. Boy, she's naughty. I don't dare share, reshare some of those things. But you know, if we would learn to forgive, we might be able to change somebody's heart for Christ. Jesus did not say the let, let's read here Matthew 18, 23 through 27. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded to he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and that the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him his, the debt. This servant was forgiven. But Jesus did not say the offender is innocent, did he? He did not say he was innocent of his debt, but that he was forgiven of his debt. That's what the God the Father does with us. We were not innocent when God forgave us. We were guilty as sin. And we deserved to go to hell. Plain and simple, that is the truth. But Jesus came and paid our debt when nobody else was willing to pay our debt for us or able. But Jesus came and paid our debt when he died on the cross for you and me. And when we accepted Jesus into our hearts, God the Father said, all is forgiven. So much so that he put it in his sea of his forgetfulness. We see here in this parable God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness at work. Even though this man was not innocent of his debt, he was forgiven. That's grace. That's mercy. That's forgiveness. Just because you've... Now, now listen, you're, but pastor, that's fine for me, but what about that person who offended me? Just because you forgive someone does not mean they are not guilty of the offenses. Right? Come on. This is what makes our, ju our justification in Christ so 
great. You know what justification is. For those who don't know that big word, it's very simple. When we get saved, God takes out His judicial gavel and He strikes the desk and He says, it's just like you've never sinned. Did you know that judges use the word justification when they wipe out your, all your charges? You've been found guilty, you've served your time, and now you get to go back before a judge and have it all exonerated. Do you know they use the word justification on the paperwork? Why? It's as though it never happened. That's a wonderful thing. Having been freed by God's forgiveness, we cannot let our unwillingness to forgive put us in prison. We're going to see that in a minute, but I'm talking about a prison of our own making. When you don't forgive, you become bitter. When you don't forgive, your spirit becomes ugly. And it's reflected in how you talk and how you treat people. You know, it's not worth holding on to all that stuff. Because God cannot bless the unforgiving heart. Do you remember Joseph? Can we talk about Joseph for a moment? Joseph was just, he was the beloved child of Jacob, wasn't he? Out of all the 12 kids, Joseph loved, I mean, Jacob loved Joseph the most. And, and you and I know who are parents, you're not really supposed to show favoritism unless you have one child, then you don't have to worry about it. But you know, you're not supposed to go say, tell your children who your favorite one is. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's not a good idea. You know? And, and, but Jacob made the mistake of doing that. He made a big show of it. Joseph, had his, Joseph got excited because God gave him a couple of dreams to show him um, how... The, what the future was going to be like. And he made the mistake of, sometimes we got to be wise with who we share things with. But he told his brothers about it, and that really ticked them off. And then their father gave him a coat of many colors to show that Joseph was the favored child. And, you know, um, the other kids were saying, what in the world is going on here? Why aren't we considered... Why aren't we favored like Joseph? Well, what do his brothers do? One day Joseph comes along. I mean, Jacob comes along. and I mean, Joseph. Yeah, Joseph comes along. And his father Jacob sends him out to check on his brothers and take him some food. You know, he figured that the, their food supplies were running low. They had, the, they had the flocks out the fields and they were working out there. And so go check on your brothers. And, all, and, and when you read the story, it almost is like his brothers see him coming. Oh no, here comes the tattletale. Oh my word, he's going to go tell dad all the things we're doing wrong because Joseph, he can't do anything wrong. And Joseph gets there, brings the supplies, and his brothers form an evil plot, and they throw him in a pit, right? And then they decide, we're going to, Simeon decides, let's, let's kill him. Let's get rid of this troublemaker. Let's just kill him. And when Judah gets back, he didn't like that. 
And so he devises a plan to save his little brother's life. Um, and he goes ahead and uh, they see their cousins coming along, the Midianites. This is the sad part. Most of us don't realize. We, just, we always read the story. They sell Joseph to the Midianites. The Midianites take him down to Egypt, sell him to Potiphar, and the rest of the story goes from there. The saddest part is the Midianites were cousins to Abraham's kids. They were another part of the Abrahamic family. When Sarah died, he married again and had more kids, and the Midianites came out of them. And so they sell him to their cousins. Their cousins buys him. Now, what kind of family is this? Man, you thought your family was bad. <laughs> they never sold you. They might not be talking to you, but they never sold you. Right? They take Joseph down. He goes to work for Potiphar. God blesses everything he does while he's working for Potiphar. And then Potiphar's wife betrays him, accuses him of trying to rape her. He gets thrown into prison, right? Oh, I'll tell you what, Joseph had a lot to be bitter about. But you know what the Bible says? He never became bitter. Now he's in prison, and the Lord raises him up in prison to be second only to the warden of the prison. He's running the prison as a prisoner. Do you ever think of putting the prisoner in charge of the prison? But Joseph was. And then the, the, the baker and the cup, the, 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 the uh, uh, calf pear, the food taster, make sure that, not, you know, he got to f eat the food before Pharaoh did and drink the wine before Pharaoh did. And the whole reason was not because he got to eat the good food like nobody else could. It was to make sure nobody poisoned Pharaoh. If the cupbearer dropped dead, right, then Pharaoh knew not to eat that food or drink that wine, right? And, and, and so the cupbearer was very, very trustworthy. There's another famous cupbearer in history, Jamie Stewart. Jamie Stewart was... Um, King Robert I's cupbearer, and he went everywhere with Robert, and he was so trusted. He, he, would, he would carry his sword and all his armament and make sure the king had what he needed to fight the horrible, bloody English. It's, it's uh, Robert I that got their freedom back, not Sir William Wallace. It was, Sir, it was Ro King Robert that knighted Sir William as a knight. Anyway, he was so trusted and so loved by the king that when Robert's daughter came back from England, from being in prison in England, she was melancholy, she was sad, he wanted to make her happy, so what did he decide to do? He was going to marry her off to Jamie, his most trusted friend. She marries Jamie. Robert and his wife has one child and He's, he becomes King David II of Scotland. He dies without an heir. Whose family comes to the throne? But Jamie's. Jamie Stewart's family comes to the throne. When Elizabeth dies, her nephew becomes, uh, her cousin becomes king of England. And because of that, we get our, Bible, our English 
Bible, the King James Bible. Now think about that. All because Jamie, who King James was named after, was so loved. And the king felt his daughter would be happy if he married her off to his best friend. Hmm. Joseph could have got bitter while he was in prison. The Bible says he never got bitter. What happened? The baker goes finally one day. He forgets all about Joseph, the Bible says. He, Joseph interprets his dream. The baker is set free, restored to his former position, and he forgets all about Joseph while he's in prison. Why? Because the Lord didn't need him to remember just yet. Pharaoh finally has this dream. For all those who've been in Sunday school, you know about the dream. If you don't know about the dream, look it up in read the book of Genesis. I'm not going to give you the whole story because of time. Uh, what happens? The baker tells, hey, Pharaoh, uh, there's this guy in prison I was with. He can interpret dreams. He told me that you were going to restore me and the other guy was going to be hung. And so he was to totally 100% right. And I think you should have him come here because nobody could interpret Pharaoh's dream. Joseph comes along. Pharaoh tells him the dream. He goes, oy vey. I'm supposed to interpret this. So he asked the Lord, Lord, can you tell me what this dream means? And the Lord caused him to be able to interpret the dream, and it was spot on. Pharaoh liked it so much that he was the only one to be able. He raises, he goes from being a prisoner, he's set free, he's been pardoned, he, he's raised up to be only second to Pharaoh. Nobody is over him except for Pharaoh. He's now in charge of everybody, including Potiphar. Does he take it out on Potiphar? Does he take it out on Potiphar's wife? He could have had revenge. He never did that. One day his brothers show up. And what did he do? He had them all executed, didn't he? No. He forgave them. And he said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. You see, he never became bitter. He forgave. He let it go. Because you know what? He, re he was reminded daily, God has forgiven me so much, even my pride. And he has sustained me all these years. And he's even raised me up to be only second to Pharaoh. Now, you've got to understand, Pharaoh was the, he was the leader of the captive world back then. We call it free world today, but back then everybody had kings. He was the superpower. There was nobody greater than the Egyptian army. And Joseph was raised up, the only second to the king. Jesus did not say forgiving the offender means you do not have to be weary of him or her in the future. It comes out in this story. Verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, Pay me what you owe. So his ser fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, I will pay you all. And he acted just like the king did, right? Forgave them all. No. Verse 30, And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. 
You see, this guy forgot, this wicked servant forgot how much he had been forgiven. How much has God forgiven us? This ungrateful servant grabbed a hold of someone who owed him a pittance. He showed no mercy. You see, forgiveness is an issue of the heart, but it does not nullify using your head. We can forgive today, but it does not mean we put ourselves in a position to be taken advantage of tomorrow. Here, I'll give you this. I may forgive you for breaking a promise yesterday, but that does not mean I will cling to a promise you make me tomorrow. I can forgive you the promise you made me yesterday, but that doesn't mean I'm going to believe you tomorrow when you make me another promise. Why? Forgiveness is a matter of the heart, but we're still supposed to use our heads. I can forgive you the $2,000 you owe me, but that does not mean that tomorrow I'll borrow you another $2,000. Because I found out that even though I've forgiven you, I found out that you're not trustworthy. See, I've got to use my head, but forgiveness comes from the heart. And once I forgive, I forget all about it. I never hang that $2,000 over your head again, ever. Once I forgive it, it's done with. I don't drag it back up and throw it back in your face. I got somebody that I know that does that all the time. Oh, I've forgiven! But every time we talk, they throw everything back up all the time. You know, forgiveness does not regurgitate. Verse 31, so when his fellow servants saw what, he had done, what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Folks, even back then, people ran and told. <laughs> Can you imagine how, we, we, this is bad enough, but we've seen how bad it's gotten on Facebook, hasn't it? My word, we don't have privacy anymore. And it seems like nobody cares. That's why I won't have Alexa in my house. It might be nice to Alexa, play my favorite song. Alexa, turn off the lights. Alexa, vacuum the house. And you'll hear ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Alexa, don't vacuum your house. <laughs> But Lexa's listening to everything you say. Hey, Larray, I think we should go ahead and buy ourselves. I think we should go ahead. I had to wait a second. Somebody was disturbing my wife. Let's go ahead. Let's go buy a pickup truck. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? And Alexa's just sitting there on the, on the counter in the kitchen, and I'm talking to her about, boy, and you know those Rams? They look really nice. So do those new Chevys, too, you know? And, of course, 
I wouldn't want to be driving around a waste management <laughs> dumpster, so I wouldn't buy a Ford. Um, anyway, <laughs> I got a friend from college, and she put a picture of a dumpster that had been turned into a truck, and she says, look at the new Ford model. Anyway, um, it was kind of cool how they did retrofitted all that to look that way, but she says, and uh, I, I, I had a laugh at that one. But we would just be talking about that, not really serious about it, but then later that day I open up my Facebook feed and I get all these ads about pickup trucks. Wait a second, I did not tell anybody on Facebook I was thinking about a pickup truck. It was a private conversation between my wife and myself about pickup trucks, and Alexa went ahead and shared it with Facebook. Thanks, Alexa. Because she's always listening, trying to anticipate your needs. I heard about a three-year-old who got enamored with Alexa and all of a sudden UPS showed up at the door and there was this big box from Amazon and the mom said what in the world is this box and as it turns out the item in the box cost over $300 Alexa went ahead and ordered it because the three-year-old wanted it folks don't leave your credit card and information open on Alexa <laughs> I know some people go, Alexa, add potatoes to the shopping list. And some people, because they're so busy, uh, um, they will have that forwarded right to Walmart or whoever or Amazon, and it will go on their shopping list, and it will be delivered. But I wouldn't leave it open for my kids to be able to access it. You can teach your Alexa who has the authority and who doesn't. Of course, there was the one guy who had such a bad speech impediment, Alexa could never understand him. Um, that happens, too. They're getting better at that, but I wouldn't have one in my house. I like Tim Allen on his show. He looked at his TV wife and said, Dear, will you stop it? The house is listening to us now. Because <laughs> she made some joke, and he says, and of course, that was the actual funny line, and the house is listening to us now. Remember how much was paid so that you could be forgiven. Verse 32 says, Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was anger, angry, and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. We must remember unforgiveness of others is wicked. And it puts us into the category of the wicked servant. The Expositor Bible says we must never forget how much the Lord has forgiven us. And likewise, show the same spirit toward others who owe us much less then we owe the Lord. This is why our nation used to be so forgiving. But here is a sobering thought we must consider. 
Lack of forgiveness of others revokes the forgiveness of God to us. So tell me, why hold on to unforgiveness then? When you forgive, you must let it go. We, my grandmother used to always tell us, forgive and forget. I know it's hard to forget, but you know what? When you truly give it to God, and every time it comes to your memory, you say, Lord, I already put that away. Help me put it away again. Because we're not supposed to dwell on it. Because we've forgiven that person of it. So we need to forgive, forgive, forgive. Jesus said, so my heavenly Father will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Whoa. So we must forgive, forgive, forgive. True forgiveness comes from the heart. And God knows when it's true, when it's real. You can't fool Him. Jerry Madden, I like how he sums all this up in his book about forgiveness. He sums everything up with this. Here is the point. You cannot forgive people in your own strength. It has to be by the grace of God. It is not our forgiveness because that is shallow and will not last. But it is the grace of God that flows to you and through you. His grace will provide forgiveness to those who have wronged you. Jerry does a pretty good job summing that up, huh? Let us not hold things against each other. Let us forgive one another. Let us, let us not be so easily offended. Let's be quick to say we are sorry and faster to forgive. How fast are we supposed to be? Oh, I left that out. Jesus said, as you're going to the judge, quickly settle the matter. Remember that back in the, when we were studying the, um, uh, the Sermon on the Mount? Because if you settle it now, before you get to the judge, you won't have to worry about it then. You won't even have to talk to the judge. And then he says, how do you do that? You go in private. You talk to them initially in private, don't we? Or shouldn't we? That's what he says in Matthew 18, verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you taught us how to forgive and you showed us how to forgive. Lord, you forgave us so much that you took upon yourself all of our sin. 
you carried it to the cross. Lord, you were under that, while you hung on that cross, you were under all that burden of sin that you carried upon your shoulders. And then you added to it all of our sickness and disease. Lord, you are so wonderful to us. You are so loving to us. We don't deserve it. And Lord, when you shed your blood, you gave us the opportunity to be forgiven. All of it. And not only forgiven, but healed. Lord, you're marvelous. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for us. And thank you, Lord, you make it easy to be saved. Thank you, Lord, that you made it so easy. All we have to do is confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts. In other words, ask you to come into our hearts. Ask you, Lord, to forgive us our sins. And when we do that, you forgive. And your Father puts all of our sin into the sea of His forgiveness. He puts our sin away from Him as far as the east is from the west, and He remembers them no more because we have been forgiven because of what you did for us on the cross, Jesus. No wonder on the third day you came out of the grave with a shout of triumph because you bought our freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to forgive, Lord. Help us to let go of our bitterness. Help us to return to the cross and lay it down beneath your feet, Lord. And help us just to forgive others who have done us wrong. Oh, Lord, it's not worth being bitter. It's not worth not having a happy life because we're holding on to unforgiveness. Help us just to forgive that person, Lord. For Lord, you know that most of the time the person that offended us doesn't even care. That that, that might add to it, but Lord, uh, or doesn't even know they offended us. So who are we really hurting hurting with our unforgiveness? Just ourselves. So Lord, help us to forgive and let go. And help us, Lord, to forget it. Just like you have forgiven all those things that could have been held against us. And thank you, Lord, for your daily forgiveness and grace and mercy that you show us each and every day. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen and amen. God is so good to us. He's done more for us than we could ever thank Him for. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Well, we thank you that you could join us there on our virtual campus. We're going to have communion now, so we're going to let you go because uh, you probably don't have anything ready for it anyway. And so we're going to let you go, and uh, we are hoping to see you this Wednesday at 6 o'clock. We will be live on Facebook Live at 6 o'clock this Wednesday. If you'd like to be 
um, with us around the table. Um, we would love to have you come and be with us. Remember, this is New Life. We're located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapiton, North Dakota. We will see you Wednesday night, and uh, we're praying for you. God bless you.